Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast number 45. I'm Mo, I'm here with Ellen Jonathan. How are you doing, guys? Pretty hey. good. That's what I like to hear. Argue, oh, hey, you didn't ask the question. How are you? Very well, thanks. Good, I'm glad. Thanks for asking. Tis the season to be well. Uh, go buy the Slayer issue. It's out now and it is so good. We've got, uh, what is it, like over 30 pages of Slayer content in the main magazine or something? So many pages. So many too pages. Too many to count, I would say. Yeah, too many, too many <laughs> Slayer pages to count. Uh, if you're in the UK, it also comes with a giant poster that has the big fan collage that's on the cover so you can spot yourself in an even bigger size than normal. Um, it also comes with the, uh, the Slayer book featuring over 100 pages of Slayer interviews through the years. And in the magazine itself, we count down our top 50 albums of 2018. And there's even way more shit in there than that. So go get it. It's really good. Um, what's been going on? What have you been up to? I went to see a perfect circle at Wembley. Oh, yeah. How was that? A bit weird. Already played once in the UK. Um, did a UK tour earlier in the year already. Yeah. Played Brixton twice, didn't they? Uh-huh. So already played like a lot of seats across the UK this year. Yeah, I think... Those Brixton shows and that tour was pretty special because they hadn't played over here for 14 years. And I went to the Brixton shows, both of them, and I think a lot of people also went to the two shows, Mm -hmm. fans of the band, just wanted to go and see them twice. And I think somebody somewhere probably overestimated the popularity of the band, put them in Wembley. And Wembley is what, 12,500 cap, I think? And there are probably about five or 6,000 people there. Right, I, mean, okay. I can't, you know, obviously it's difficult to judge, but it was half empty. So there was quite a strange atmosphere going in just because you knew that it was sort of a big arena show and it it felt um, just, a, just a bit sad that it was so under-attended, really. It's a bit weird for a band, even that had been away for a long time, to do, again, not just to make it totally London-centric, but as an example, to do 10,000 seats in London over two days and then come back to try to do 10,000 seats again, like, four mm. months later. Yeah, it's very soon, and um, I've, I'm still not quite sure what the receptions that record has been. I mean, again, I know we've talked about this before. You have a lot of critical acclaim for it. Ranks very highly in the in the Metal Hammer albums of the year list. It is, which um, you can go read right now. <laughs> you know, I still feel like it's. Uh, I love the other records they put out a lot more than this one. Mm. So I don't know. It was a, it was weird going out. I was excited to see them again because I really enjoyed the Brixton shows. Um, they had a similar kind of stage setup, even though it was an arena, kind of similar similar production. Um, Billy, it's basically Billy Howardell's band. He writes the music, and he was loving it. He was, you know, right down the front of the stage the whole time, moving about. Um, just he he's kind of a focal point, really, because if you know Perfect Circle, you know that Maynard stands on the stage um, either behind something or in these recent tours. He's been just kind of obscured, so he doesn't have any lights on him, just around him. And he was sort of wearing this, it looked like a sort of orangey suit and his wig, of course. And kind of, you know, he's, he's sort of in the background, so Billy's kind of out in the front of the stage. Um, and the songs, it was the same, I think it was, I haven't checked the set list, it sounded like exactly the same set list as Brixton as well, so no surprises really. And it was fine, but it didn't really have that kind of rush when they did the earlier tour and they'd come back after all these years. Mm. I think for me, like the new songs, some of them sounded... Like the contrarian sounded a bit better because now I've kind of got used to them a bit more. Um, but Did they the, play the same set list. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. Like I said, I haven't like actually checked every single song, but it felt to me like exactly the same set list um, from what I remembered. Like, do the songs from Murder on? Do they have a particularly much bigger emotional resonance than the new songs when played live? Yes, they, they do. Yeah. Like and Thirteenth Step. When you play those, I didn't cry this time, but still. <laughs> When they started playing some of those songs, I did my heart did do a little like uh, a little skip, um, and it was just a bit of a funny one, yeah, because it was kind of half empty and there just wasn't really the atmosphere that you'd want. And the other thing was that Maynard did seem a bit tense. I don't know whether it's because it was in a half empty room, um, but he actually had a rant in the final song. They did the cover of "Balls to the Wall," and um, <laughs> he kind of towards the end just sort of started ranting at the stagehand and I think it was I think initially he wanted some water and couldn't get it and then he wanted someone to either sing into his microphone or turn up his vocals I'm not sure which that was meant to be a big scream at the end and it didn't happen and he started kind of going and he was having this kind of rant and just going this isn't acceptable and this is 
you know, she you could hear the rant. He did a rant on stage, yeah, into as, the mic as the song was finishing. So people, the people were still playing the instruments, and he'd finished singing. Then he just did this rant into the mic at this person on stage. Oh, which I've never, do that? which I've never seen before at Wembley. I've never seen somebody. Have, effect, yeah, have, I've, I've seen people suddenly have a rant on stage, and it's really affected the atmosphere of the gig. Yeah, yeah of course. I've I mean, never seen that's someone, Axel Rose as fuck, isn't it? I've seen people rant between songs and stuff, but I've never seen someone have an actual rant like sort of. What are you doing? I thought I was going to sneeze. Oh, I don't Jonathan just leapt across the room and ran into the corner. I, I don't want to sneeze. Until I thought you like... a ghost or something. Yeah. No, I think I'd be alright if I saw that. But um, yeah, I, don't to, I, don't, I don't want to sneeze into the mic, but for your um, yeah, I appreciate that. For, for, you know, for your hygienic benefit, and, it? Um, yeah, for the all benefit of our listeners. Yeah, so it was just That's a bit... chucking yourself under a grenade. That was. It was a bit weird that he had a bit of a rant and then. Um, uh, afterwards, um, kind of went to the after show. Not to sound too wanky, but they just um... classic wanky L. <laughs> <laughs> we went into this little sort of side room, and there were just a few people hanging around. And the band kind of came out and brought an iPad in and put some music on. Maynard wasn't anywhere to be seen. Either ones were kind of quite, quite chill, but they seemed pretty chill. But yeah, it was just a funny one. It was just a funny atmosphere. It didn't have the mm. same excitement and. I'm a fan and I didn't really feel moved. I felt a little bit disappointed, if I'm honest. I mean, even without the other stuff, it's hard to feel moved in a half-empty arena yeah. because it's going to be cavernous. The music's not going to resonate as hard. And, yeah. you know, it just feels... It did feel cavernous <laughs> and it did sound a bit weird, like it did. But I guess wow. one of the things that counts in its favour is that they were selling plush octopuses at the merch stand. That's amazing. And I've got one. <laughs> it's a plural of octopuses. Octopi. It's octopi, isn't it? I think you can choose. Oh, okay. yeah, that's how English works. Yeah, I'm genuinely choose between octopuses and octopi. Oh, fair enough. But it actually looks a bit evil, and I'm a bit scared of it. You got one then. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Our bloody love sea creatures. I thought it's one of my favourite creatures and one of my favourite bands of all time have collaborated. Isn't he eating one on the album art though? Yes, which is. Gravely upsetting. <laughs> All I can say, Al, never see go and see Old Boy the movie. Oh God, yeah, don't watch that. Yeah, I'll upset you deeply. Uh, Jonathan, you went out on a slightly different. Uh, yeah, I've seen a couple of times actually. Yeah, well, to the surprise of no one, I was back in Bergen last weekend. Yeah, of course. Um, and, Is it really uh, Norway if you can't find Jonathan? In it? Yeah, just find me there. And uh, well, the first night I went to see um, uh, Girls Verd and Enslaved. Um, wow, so do you want to talk about what um, Garl's Bird very briefly for people who aren't familiar yeah, with Garl's Yeah, so Bird. everyone probably knows Garl from Gorgoroth. Mm-hmm. Um, that band kind of broke up in acrimony between um, him and uh, King on one side and the, and the uh, other guy, Infernus, on the other side. Whole big court case, Infernus won the case, he kept the Gorgoroth name. Did a couple of albums with it, they were okay, nothing really much happened with them. Uh, they formed they then him and Tom formed a new band called um, uh, Godseed that split up and now he's got he's got um, a new set of people uh, one old member of Godseed um, with a new band called Girls Vert and they've been playing for the last three years now mostly just old stuff like stuff that Girls been involved with mm-hmm. so stuff from um, Trelldom stuff from um, Gorgoroth stuff from Godseed and it's just old stuff um, however. Um, I did also get to hear the new album. Oh, nice! Which is um, but this is the this is the first album that they. The, the first, played. the first Girls Bird album. Which okay. Because I think they've only played one new song live. Right. Um, and so it proves that it's not just a legacy project. And yeah, so they played Bergen quite a few times. They uh, often have guest members. They've had um, they had Einar from uh, Vardrun on stage with them of course oh, nice. Garl used to be a member of Vardruna they've had Lindy from Vardruna on stage with them and various other members this was kind of guest free and it was a yeah so it was a kind of a bit of a Bergen homecoming because they were playing with what I say because um, they were playing with Enslaved mm. and um, but they also had Vrid and a band that everyone's talking about at the moment called Horden Rife okay uh, like that's a, kind of like the big name in Black Metal that everyone's kind of talking about right now interesting um, yeah, it was good. It was not the best Goldsworth show I've ever seen. I think maybe though, because they played the Bergen too many times, it wasn't again. It wasn't like massively busy. Uh, it was busy, but not. Um, and normally, when I when you see Goldsworth play, if they play a festival, the minute he comes on, because he has so much stage presence, it's incredible. Yeah. And his voice, like my God, there's so many different things you can do with his voice, and it's so powerful. 
and just roots you to the spot and his presence just roots you to the spot mm. so every time I see him on a festival um, it's just been like the next level from whoever's preceded them Amazing. Like, and it's just like this is what Blackham needs to be it's like pulling something out from beyond and it didn't quite get to that point until the end um, and slowed for great um, it's just the um, PA was a little bit underpowered but um, yeah, it's just great to see those bands in their hometown. And you said that uh, you've heard a bit of the album. How's I've it? heard the full album. Is it sounding similar to Giles? No, not, no, not at all. It's I don't know how oh. much I can say, but it's um, it's it's not what people were expecting. Really, that's yeah. really interesting because I mean, with the with um, like Giles' previous work, like the first time I ever saw Gorgoroth was supporting uh, Cradle of Filth mm. um, years and years ago and to me Cradle of Filth were kind of I, I knew by that point they weren't like the epitome of black metal but they came to kind of symbolise the gateway into yeah, street uh, music yeah, yeah. and then seeing Gorgoroth who was supporting them um, that was the first time I'd actually seen the like naked bloodied women tied to crosses on stage oh yeah there's one guy and one woman um, yeah there's a guy yeah. and a woman yeah and, and like the, the kind of the classic like stereotypes that you read about but, um, but actually seeing sheep's it all on stage well. yeah sheep's heads and like they were just all coarse painted up they looked amazing and, and it was you know to mm. me that it symbolised what black metal was to me at that time yeah so it's interesting to, to hear that you might be moving away from that yeah like, like, he personifies the idea of black metal to me God, yeah but the, thing is, but the thing is as well is that uh, God is such a mercurial character anyway it's not just it's not just all he hears so if you see if you see Goldsberg live, you understand like actually how versatile his voice is, mm. and you know you you, you can do the Black Metal Screech. You've heard his um, kind of very deep baritone with Vardruna. Yeah. And so there's a lot of different voices he uses, and he, he says he's playing like different characters uh, on the new album, none of which are black metal. Interesting. And none of the riffs are black metal. Interesting. Well, we'll have to uh, take a deep dive into that yeah. in the future of Shoe Metal. But I'll tell you who also saw this uh, uh, last week. Uh, I think people are overlooking me if you don't, not into this whole scene, but Graveyard. Oh, yeah. So they. They've been around for a yeah. know, few years now. Yeah, so they, I mean, they, the last time they played was during Desert Fest and they packed out the. Uh, packed out Coco. So I've seen, I mean, I love this band, and I've seen them like on every stage through every album tour, like playing a smaller venue. Mm -hmm. I remember they played um, The Underworld with uh, another Swedish band of this similar ilk uh, called Horizont. And I tell you what, like it was packed from like to all the way to the back. I've never seen such euphoria for both bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, they played at Eastern Academy, then they played um, Electric Ballroom. And the Electric Ballroom gig was just absolutely incredible too. Just the amount of love people have for this band. And so where did you see them this time? This, this time they played with Scarlet. Oh, okay. Well, so they are making a proper, you know, upward trajectory really. Yeah, I mean, because they kind of had that sort of, they kind of broke up and they had the hiatus. But it was a very small period of breaking up. And it's just, it's just interesting because, you know, there's this whole kind of wave of like Swedish retro rock. Yeah. And it was like them and Horizons and Witchcraft and bands like Skanska Maud. And I was kind of talking about it. But they're the ones who have really seemed to, I mean, endured. And they're the ones who seem to really caught, like, you know, hit a nerve with people. Because it's so soulful what they do. Mm. And it's retro, but it's, um, but the, the, there's a lot of kind of self-questioning in it. And it's just, his voice is incredible. And people have a genuinely emotional response to it. So it's, um, yeah, people are, yeah, yeah. So the crowd, though, were absolutely just completely obsessed with it amazing yeah again poor sound and you could tell that he was having issues with the sound guy as it's a scarlet that often tends to be the case yeah sure we didn't have a rant good <laughs> less less ego in, in graveyard in, I forgot in to mention uh, Chelsea Wolf as well actually he supported oh yeah oh yeah it was cool um, yeah half empty arena that's a um, everyone was into it though and obviously the arena stage is massive but they'd made a little like circle in the middle and like brought all their sort of equipment and themselves around in this little sort of huddle so even though it was a big space they kind of made it small where they were yeah because when we found out she was supporting Perfect Circle we were a bit like how's that going to go down because didn't she support Ministry as well yeah, yeah. Some I cool couldn't that because I was out of the country but did yeah. you go did you yeah I did yeah and she was great then. Yeah, and, no, um, really good. But yeah. just, yeah, she, she again, she, she's, it's this kind of frequency that's kind of like half awake, half asleep. And it's just, it's really mesmerising. I call that Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Wednesday. 
Oh, oh, charming. Sorry that we're boring you here on the Metal Hammer podcast. Oh, wait, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. My joke didn't work. I didn't. We normally record on a Wednesday, all right? Don't judge me. Um, there are Grammy nominations out. Yay! And they're actually not bad. Go on. What do you, well, before we go into this, what do you guys think of the Grammys generally? There's this ongoing debate. Are they important to metal? Should we care if... I think we might have well, touched on this with the whole Code Orange thing last year. I think we did a whole like, podcast on it once. I think like my opinion was that I don't care too much, but at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, mainstream people sit up and take a look at it, so we should get represented in it so people can see what metal is like and mm. hear metal and be exposed to it. So well, that's my opinion. The thing is, people forget that like, every country has their own kind of Grammys. And I would say that the Scandinavian... Me- metal categories are much more metal than this one <laughs> like in Bergen they have a, a venue called The Garage which sadly no more all the bands like Enslaved or whoever would win a Grammy they donate it to the bar and they'd use it as either bar, bar that's awesome they'd use them as either beer taps or handles on the, on the toilet doors that's such a good <laughs> idea I know, think so like Velatac won one of those Grammys or something yeah probably or Watain won a Swedish Grammy really? Enslaved won them. I'm sure like other like, other like really underground you know I think in Norway metal means something different than it does in maybe the UK perhaps it certainly does because I mean I've been looking at the list and I think it's pretty middle of the road and I think that well and I th- kind of as a whole and then I think that the bands that they put in that are less middle of the road it just seems a little bit tokenistic like they're just filling slots well let's go through this so well, one thing I don't really understand is that you've got best rock performance which seems to be for songs and then you've got best rock song which is definitely songs. And then you've also got Best Rock Album. I don't know how it works. Anyway, so some of the nominations for this year's Grammys. Uh, best Rock Performance. Arctic Monkeys, 4 out of 5. It's depressingly predictable. Uh, Chris Cornell, When Bad Does Good. I don't even know what that is. Is that the greatest... That's it's the, the single un- that they released, yeah. Uh, okay. I see. Uh, the Fever, 333, Made in America. What song? Greta Van Fleet, Highway Tune. That seems inevitable, really. It's like one of the biggest hype bands in the world at the moment. Hailstorm, Uncomfortable, that's cool. Uh, best Metal Performance nominations. Between the Buried and Me, Condemned to the Gallows. Death Heaven, Honeycomb. Obviously they picked like the least metal <laughs> Death Heaven uh, era to go through. Uh, High on Fire, Electric Messiah. High on Fire, Grammy nominated. That's so bizarre. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but that's the thing. So in the context of it, it seems bizarre. So it, it just sounds like, okay, we need, to summon, we need to put in someone who's actually genuinely heavy. Yeah. This one's called Trivium for Betrayer. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the best albums they've done off the back of it. Am- I was tweeting about this the other day. I think if you pick a band who have had one of the best album cycles of the last five or so years, I'd look straight at Trivium. I think it's amazing what they've done on the... Uh, Love that record so much. And now they're Grammy nominated. I think that's richly deserved. Uh, Under Oath on My Teeth rounds up the best metal. I've never been bothered about Under Oath. Me either. They seem to be one of those bands that bands like. I think they're really important to a lot of people at a certain time period that came into them and just got obsessed with them, but I sort of missed that obsession and now I'm just a bit like, yeah, it's okay. But I don't feel obsessed with it. Um, So who do you pick out of those metal performances? Who do you like to see win? Between the Burning Me, Death Heaven, High on Fire, Trivium. Ah, Trivium. I mean, like you said, it's just brilliant. I'm still not quite sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure what best metal performance means, though. I'll it's just for so- I think it just means song. Yeah. But then, like I said, there's two there's two rock song ones because you've got best rock performance, and then there's also the best rock song category, which again is Greta Van Fleet for a different song, Black Smoke Rising, Twenty One Pilots, Jumpsuit, Bring Me the Horizon for Mantra, uh, Saint Vincent, Mass Education. I don't know who that is. Saint Vincent, she's great. Lady. She's a kind of avant pop. Oh. She's, she's, I think she's really good well she's really rock like. according to the Grammys so uh, and Ghost with Rats yeah that is by a, I mean I haven't heard the St. Vincent track admittedly but that is by a margin the best song out of the Mantra's out of the rest great of those. yeah Mantra's good but come on Rats that's got to be the best rock single of 2018 it's so catchy it's ridiculous best rock album nominees Alison Chains for Rainier Fog yes, Fallout Boy for Mania Ghost for Prequel might as well just leave it there really <laughs> No, there's also Scott's like, not here today we can say what we want <laughs> yeah Greta Van Fleet from the fires again inevitable Weezer Pacific Daydream I um, wasn't really much that plussed with the uh, Alison Chains album I, thought I it was, really loved it uh, I just thought it was it just hit a kind of a median note and it just didn't really bit very, very much 
I just heard it and felt like I'd already known it. And I don't know whether that's just because I really love Alice in Chains and the quality of William's vocals and Jerry's guitar. I don't know. It's just I feel like I felt like I'd already kind of known the record before I heard it. And now I just listen to it and just really enjoy it. And I put it quite high in my top 20. I can't remember where, but yeah. I really I really like it. But I've heard people around the office say, like, I don't know why, you know, people from classic rock and stuff. I don't know why people are kind of particularly into it and I think the general yeah. consensus is at least it's definitely better than the devil put dinosaurs here but I, I think I think I think that record's alright I think I think Rainier Fog's good I just think with Alice in Chains I think this era is always going to be in the shadow of Black and Zoids of Blue because that's a classic album which is brilliant it's one of the it. best comeback albums maybe the best comeback album that's ever been written to be honest um so they're always good. They're never good. They're just never going to do an album as good as that again. You know, sometimes, oh, sometimes know. you just know. You never know, though. You never know, but you, you kind of do because when when there's so much emotional impact involved, it's like the yeah. same with bands like you know Behemoth and the Satanist. And I know. Blah, 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 blah. But that's really, actually really grown really on me. That album now. The same. So also, also, you know, the, the new Behemoth album. I don't know. Yeah, I think the new Behemoth album's great, and I think it's the album they need to make, and I think it's the perfect follow up. But I don't know. When it, it, when a band has a certain emotional uh, yeah. tidal wave running behind them, yeah, if they don't come out before and they hit it, yeah, the album, you just think oh, you can't really beat that. Though, no, no, no. I do think the high on final nation is cool, and that song's about a Lemmy and a dream he had about Lemmy, and the artwork always reminds me of the Ice King from Adventure Time. Yeah, how and far always have like, <laughs> always have amazing well, artworks. I mean, look, it's like proper Neanderthal metal. You've got. Across all these, you've got like Chris Cornell, The Fever, Hailstorm, Between the Buried and Me, Death Heaven, High on Fire, Trivium, Bring Me, Ghost, Alice in Chains. I mean, there's a lot of really good bands that I think are very deserving of a nod, you know, yeah, deserving of a bit of recognition. And if you and if the you're not going to lose record sales by getting a Grammy nomination or winning a Grammy, are you? Your profile's only going to go up from something like that. Big I'd big love for Ghost to win prequel I think that would be awesome being realistic about it as well there's a lot of stuff there that you could get into if you're not necessarily a fan of heavy music I mean you know on the one hand maybe that's not such a good thing because it's not like metal metal but on the other hand it's kind of cool because people might go down a road with these things they might not have heard Trivium or High on Fire or Ghost or you know whatever and then they might go and if find it... some more stuff that's heavy mm. yeah no, I mean, it's, it's good I just, I just it just for me it just kind of reeks of committee chosen and I think I think it seems like Pretty much every band is there to fill a slot. I think the one actual um, curveball in there, which I'm really pleased about, is St. Vincent. That, but that's not it. That's, she's not in our world, but she's still great. That's cool. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, 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 I mean, it is written by committee, isn't it? So yeah, it, yeah. Right. But at the same time, you kind of think... I can imagine that like Matt Pike would see this and just go, what? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, think with, I think with Trivium, it feels right, because they've had this amazing comeback album and... Uh, they had such a great year off the back of it. Did the Hammer Tour, been on magazine covers, you know, they, they've absolutely smashed it. So that kind of feels right that they've been recognised for that. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It does feel kind of tokenistic. And stuff. But, uh, but it, it, it depends who wins it. It also, But the thing is, like, it may also be a comment on the year that's been that's gone past. I mean, ha- I found out, like, this year, there was one probable my album of the year, but I didn't feel there was there was one out, and I, of course it was you know I didn't go. It wasn't actually my album of the year. Something came in at the last minute that um right that's my album of the year. But um other than that, it was really hard to choose what was going to be you know there wasn't like one like oh my god this is this is this is this year's record. I don't think there was that many like weirdly there was two for me for that because when I heard the Priest album I was like this is going to be my album of the year this is ridiculous Judas Priest mm. just turned up and put out a classic metal record I can't believe what uh, yeah actually it's quite funny that they're not they, they're the kind of band that could have got recognition in the Grammys I don't know if they've ever been Grammy nominated you would have assumed they had at some point but yeah I think maybe they probably think Judas Priest are uncool which shows what they actually know about metal yeah that would make sense but I mean, it's weird because Ghost is unquestionably the standout story from yeah, the metal yeah, world. Yeah. And you know, you always get people going, they're not metal, but they're from, they're from the metal world. They are born of our culture. They're, they didn't yeah, come absolutely. from fucking hip hop. Absolutely. Um, and you know, that's been recognised. Uh, but yeah, stuff like Alice in Chains, that's kind of like, whatever you think of the album, that sounds like someone's gone, oh, Alice in Chains, yeah, I remember them. They've got a new album out, we should probably nominate them. Yeah, it's, it's just also like, you know, putting Bring Me in best rock c- category just seems a bit. Weird. 
Where do you well, put they them? Are rock. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, they're. I mean, com- compared to Twenty One Pilots. Yeah. You know, I think I think you got to put Britney still in rock. Like the conversation about whether they're metal or not has now been put to bed. But <laughs> yeah. I think you, you know, Rant is a rock song. It's just a very uh, sanitized one. Yeah. What were you gonna say? You're unimpressed. No, I think I was just thinking about Trivium and how much it's reminding me that I was really obsessed with Sever the Hand. <laughs> you really were. You really were. I'm going to go uh, listen to that, that after this. Well, if I was picking winners, I would pick... Um, I was going to say The Fever, but they've, they've only just got it. Yeah, that's the thing. They, they think, oh, here's... It feels like they think, oh, here's a buzz band, we should put them in. But literally, they've just... The album's not even out. That song is so catchy, though. It is really good. I know it's off the back of Let Live, and it would be an amazing thing for them to win it. Yeah, no, I'll go with the fever for that. I, I mean, I think best. I mean, they they kind of have to give it to I Chris Cornell. I think that's Cornell. the most exciting. You can't, thing, you, can't you can't nominate Chris Cornell and then not let him win it. Well, oh, yeah, it'll be a nice touch, wouldn't it? I guess. Fair yeah. Uh, yeah, Trivium, Ghost. I suppose Ghost can't win. Yeah, two ghosts, two ghosts and a Trivium, and I'll be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's weird how. Um, I mean, I think I think how far, I know all awards are like this because you go on the twelve months, but like. Some of these felt like they were ages ago. I mean, I when think. Made in America come out. Was yeah. that even this year? I, I feel like it was. Well, the same with Trivium as well, isn't it? Like that record came out the year before because it's always like it's always looking back at the year, and then when you actually win them, it's even further down the line. It's funny, isn't it's it? One of those weird timescale things that never quite works out. Anything. It's December, and I'm pretty sure that Trivium album. And maybe they put out a single. Yeah, it'll, be, or it'll be that. But. I think it's cool that they um, nominated between the buried and me. Yeah, again, again, like, that doesn't. Never would have thought that band. Yeah, that, yeah, been. that's kind of the other curveball. But they, you know, they're, they're deserving. They're really imaginative band. We will see. Uh, Grammys infamously have a habit of fucking it up when it comes to metal. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, some deserving bands will get some awards. Um, there's a new supergroup out. There is. There is. <laughs> that, that's a fact. Deadland um, ritual. Deadland ritual. Um, so this is actually pretty good to be honest uh, Geezer Butler Black Sabbath legend one of the greatest bassists of all time Matt Sorum former Guns N' Roses drummer Billy Idol guitarist Steve Stevens I was looking up um, Steve Stevens' other stuff because I know he played on some classic Billy Idol albums he played the guitar um, solo on Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson fun fact that is legacy affirming to me I mean if playing with one of the greatest punk rock icons of all time isn't enough Playing the solo on one of the best Michael Jackson songs ever, what a legend. And the singer from Apocalypse is in there, which is good for him. But yeah, I was listening to the new single and it's actually pretty good. I it's honestly, it. honestly pretty good. Tell just, us about it. What does it sound like? Uh, it just sounds like a kind of like jammy, uh, riffy. Um, that, uh, you're, 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 spot, you're trying to spot Black Sabbath in it because of Geezer being in the band, but there, there is kind of a bit of a Sabbathy vibe for it, but it's more polished and more kind of rock than than metal um, but yeah it's just a really good quite heavy uh, hook driven rock song I, I honestly think it's pretty decent See, the thing I have an issue with these with these kind of super groups especially with like kind of veteran super groups is like you know you get these bands and they're like, uh, like these really old bands have been around for decades and they have this magic to them you only get from like and fluidity you only get from like playing with each other Playing together with each other, which I can best phrase that actually. No one would have noticed, but now you've made <laughs> yeah, it you, you just dug your own hole. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but we're playing together for um, you know for many years, and so you have all the um, you, you have all the expertise, but you don't have that kind of communication when you have a mm. super group like this with, with bands like that. So you tend to like get the worst aspects of that kind of musicianship. A bit, bit showiness sometimes. Yeah, of course. Without, without the kind of the depth of feeling and that kind of that, that kind of intuition and that um, yeah. telepathy you get with like you know bands of. You get a few exceptions to that, though, don't mm. you? You know, the first Velvet Revolver album was a cracker, and the it's first so Audio Slave album was a classic, in my so opinion. Much. Mm. Are you going to agree I was with obsessed both of those? with both of those. Yeah, both like, great, literally obsessed, 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 obsessed. And the Velvet Revolver is kind of cooler, I guess. But I think that uh, that first Audio Slave album, especially, is just amazing. Just it's so awesome. good. Um, and kind of going to, into what you were saying, so it's like I think the reason that album worked is because. Tom Morello's playing was slightly different for a lot of it. Mm. It wasn't just like big, funky, kind of hip-hop influenced, heavy, uh, not like heavy metal, but heavy metal infused all the way through. Yeah, there was like yeah. grungier stuff in there. There was 
kind of soulful bluesy stuff in there. Um, but yeah, I think this is good. Although, I do have a question. So Matt Sorum's obviously had nothing to do for the last couple of years and now he's, he's doing the super good. Why isn't he in the fucking Guns N' Roses reunion? I don't understand. Money? It, it must be a money thing. Or it must be like he's not happy with what's going on there or he wasn't invited. Maybe Axel wanted his guy in there. But I always wondered why... The, I understand why Izzy wasn't in it because Izzy doesn't like touring and he's, he's not really about that life anymore. So I get why Izzy wasn't a part of it. Um, obviously, Stephen Adler's had his problems over the years, so he's probably not the best choice to dunk on a stadium while it's all right now. Matt Sorum, no excuse. Why is he not in that? Not place? that we know of. Well, not that we know of, no. We don't. I am absolutely speculating, but mm. to me, this does confirm that not wanting to play drums is not, is not <laughs> yeah. the reason he's not in that yeah. band right now. So, yeah, what's going on there? Anyway, yeah, Dead and Ritual's new single, it's up on Metal Hammer at the moment. Um, it's really good you should check it out I will Merlin good <laughs> you go do that um, and Slayer have added more US states to their final tour that will never finish <laughs> <laughs> the longest farewell the longest farewell ever no they are I mean I think they're just hitting up territories for the final final time aren't they like yeah. download next year it's going to be the last UK show I know they've just announced um, Heavy Montreal uh, which is going to be the last Quebec show or something so they're doing more um, more final US dates. So if you're listening from the US and you haven't seen Slayer yet, for fuck's sake, go see them. It's also, I mean, it's pretty heavyweight support. Yeah, they really are picking these bills, aren't they? Look at this. Lamb of God and Monomarth and Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. Not messing around. Love it. Yeah, but it's, I think it's, it's really important. It's really great that, you know, the last tour, they got really old school bands like Obituary uh, to play with them. And... I'm sure, and they scored everyone, and it's just like, man, man, it just shows you what you can do with three riffs and a lot of imagination. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not, it's nice. Yeah, I agree. It's got, I mean, you know, Slayer playing big venues, and um, these aren't exactly exciting in the sense of brand new bands who like need a big leg up. But yeah, they are all bands very capable not, of filling big spaces. Yeah, it's not the tour for that. I think. No, know, I agree with this you. This is like, you know, these bands kind of, you know, they give weight to the gravitas of the of the occasion. Yeah, and also I think if you're, say if you're a bit of a weekend warrior metalhead, you haven't seen Slayer for like 10 years plus, you decide you want to go because it's the last ever tour and you're not as familiar with these bands as you might assume they are. You see Lamb of God for the first time or you see Yamon Amar for the first time, mm. you know, you've got your steps to go and check out what you want to do next because not, yeah, yeah. not everybody is, you know, sitting on Spotify waiting for the new release. Plus, also, also, also you don't want um, on Slayer's part, you know, like the um, response Slayer supports normally get, you don't really want that on your final tour no and you're not going to get it with these bands you want some, some like Lamb of God turn up and play like Walk With Me In Hell and I was going to watch that and go ooh yeah, yeah. wimpy music no one's going to shout out Slayer during their set no you best not because they're yeah. one of the best metal bands ever have we mentioned that the Slayer issue's on sale right now it is nice segue Elle. Uh <laughs> yeah seamless if you want to if you want to find out just how good their final shows are and they really are by the way no you can see Phil Demmel playing with them as well of course we didn't even talk about that we Phil Demmel's in Slayer at the moment he landed on his fucking feet didn't he I mean yeah <laughs> what, what a thing to what go from thing? Machine Head to Slayer unbelievable um, so yeah I, I can imagine that will be jolly good fun so you should all go you should all go read the issue get excited for Slayer and then go see Slayer Yay. that's exactly what you should do Shall we take some reader questions from yes. www.facebook.com forward slash Matt Hammer Readers? I'll start with this one. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Scott Sitompil. Anyone? Scott Sitompil, I would have said. Sitompil. Sorry, Scott. Please forget about rubbish. You've also put it in really tiny type on my Well, that's my fault, not Scott's fault. Uh, so anyway <laughs> Scott he asked what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten um, he also says I once ate dog I woofed it down I think we should just not answer his question for because that of his time that's diabolically bad Scott I, I thought Scott sit and pull I thought, I thought better of you I respect his pun good What's the weirdest thing? Jonathan's been around some yeah. territories I, it, it, <laughs> well anyone knows me knows I'm kind of pretty fearless when it comes to food so, uh, so I mean, I've eaten things like in Mexico. I had uh, crickets, very nice actually, but quite salty. I've eaten scorpion. Um, shitty with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, was, that was a fresh joke, by the way. If you got that, but better than Scots, possibly. Um, yeah, yeah. And but uh, probably the weirdest thing and the most gross thing I've ever eaten was I thought when in Iceland, Mark's all 
uh, do this? No. Fermented shark. No. <laughs> no. Just to be clear, Al's not Al's not sad because it sounds disgusting. Al's sad because a shark got. Hurt Can I just say that the shark got the upper hand? No, well, he didn't, didn't, did he? <laughs> he definitely did. Well, he got the last laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah again, unless it there's a shark going spanking around. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it came as these tiny little cubes. Um, I thought, okay, how bad can this be? I mean, I know it smells a bit of ammonia, but these things... It's like eggy smell, isn't it? No, it's kind of cleaning fluid. It's like, it smells oh. like piss. It's like cat piss, basically. It smells like cat Why piss. do they eat? Does anyone like it? Stop killing sharks. Well, you know, a lot of fermented stuff, it smells, it's supposed to smell worse. But you know there's that fish that comes in a can, and you have to open it underwater. I've not heard of that. Yeah, because um, if you open it in fresh air, you will immediately chuck all your insides out. Wow. Yeah, and people eat that. Um, so yeah, just, and I, um, yeah, and I enticed one member of Conan to join me in Fermented Shark. So tiny little cubes, tiny, teeny little cubes of this stuff. And they give you a shot of bread of it, which is an aquavit. But my God, like, if you want your mouth like overtaken by the overwhelming sensation of ammonia and death, Ugh. go do it. It's just like the, the, the overwhelming sensation of ammonia and death that no amount of bread of it, which is pretty potent, can ever wash away. That's great. Like, like, phys- like t- physically or psychologically. Because um, it makes me want to try it just to see how bad it is. Well, but it comes in different forms. So actually, it wasn't the first time I had it, actually. I had it when it was dried, and that was okay. Uh, there was, I went to this festival, Ice and Fluke, and there was some idiot, drunken idiot, who had a blister pack of a huge pack of it. And he opened it up, and it really stank. And it's like, it was just like, there was like, your nose had this kind of like, your map of your nose was just like, there was this neon glowing light <laughs> that would just lead you to him because it stank everywhere. <laughs> And, but I'm sure, like, in a, so like, it probably doesn't taste as bad. And who's eating it? Probably doesn't taste as bad as the ammonia and death version I had. Oh, but it was, great. yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's Chris Fielding from Conan, and he's never forgiven me. <laughs> in fact, in fact, probably wrote a song about it. Yeah, that's an opportunity for like the next three albums. <laughs> uh, what about you, Al? Nothing like that. I mean, I'm actually. Not like Jonathan. I don't like eating things that are weird. It freaks me out. I guess. Can I say as well that you really freaked out over Jonathan eating shark, but you didn't blink at Scott eating a dog? (laughs) (laughs) Question. I mean, yeah, that's not. Without going into you know very you know very valid conversations about that kind of thing. Dog tastes like mutton, apparently. Really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not thrilled, but you know, I I am a meat eater, so. But I don't eat seafood, which is probably why I'm more grossed out by the shark thing. Wow. But yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't eat a dog. I'll be honest. Hypocrite. Um, <laughs> uh, weirdest thing, probably garlic ice cream, which is not that weird. Nice. No, good. it's horrible. Oh. It's not. It's good. It's great. It's I've had it in garlic shots. Yeah, that's where I had. You get it in garlic shots. That's yeah, where yeah. I had oh, it. Oh, well, I'm going to try me some of that. They do, a garlic, they do a garlic pick and pie, which isn't quite as good, but um, garlic beer is really good. No, I mean, I had the oh, garlic I ice cream and I just didn't like it. I'd just rather have a nice flavour of ice cream. I'd rather have salted caramel or chocolate yep. or it's a bit, it's chocolate not, chip. It's not, not flavour. Chocolate or chocolate chip. It, How far are you from palate? It's not garlic flavoured ice cream. It's, it it's vanilla ice cream with garlic bits in it. it. But it tastes of garlic. Yeah, it's got garlic bits in it, but it's vanilla ice cream with garlic bits in it. Yeah, but I didn't like it, so... Oh, so it's garlic chip ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not garlic ice cream. It's garlic chip. Yeah, no, I, I, I had it. I thought it was great. All right, and um, this is a this is a nice question from Ben you didn't Wilmot. Do yours. Oh, I didn't know. Um, well, I've done frogs and snails in France. Yes, yeah. um, that's one thing I won't eat. Frogs. I won't, two things I won't eat. Oh, frogs too made. far. Well, it's, it destroys. I mean, it really destroys the environment, and the way they kill them is really outrageous. Um, and I won't eat frog well, for obvious reasons. Well, you know. Again, meat is um, uh, I've eaten, yeah, I've eaten that. Um, I've had a scor- I've eaten scorpion um, because it was in. You know when you get those like uh, alcoholic like spirits that have. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. In. I've eaten a few of those things. Yeah, yeah. The scorpion I had. I've had the tequila worm as well. Didn't yeah. hallucinate though. Oh no shit. So, but yeah, the scorpion I had was in the bottom. It was a bottom model. Yeah, it just tastes like crun- cr- just tastes like crunchy vodka. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't taste anything. It's been a vodka for a. That's right, really. Um, 
Yeah, can't match fermented shark, I'm afraid. I'm still, I'm still waiting to do my, my true Norwegian meal, which is Smallhalla, which is the sheep's head. Ugh. Jesus Christ. I, I don't mind things looking like, I like things to look like what they are. Well, that's honourable in a freaky way, I guess. <laughs> uh, ben Wilmot says, I think I'm right in saying it's two years almost to the week since Metal Hammer was initially closed down before being resurrected again. It's actually two years on December 19th, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. December 19th. Was it 17th time? Um, uh, first off congrats for taking them out to a much stronger place very kind of you to say Ben and secondly are you able to preview or tease any special stuff you've got planned for 2019 features on a new country plans to put a new band on the cover etc um, firstly yeah thank you very much for saying that uh, for people who weren't aware uh, Metal Hammer and Classic Rock and Frogs previous owners um, went out of business two years ago and there's a very scary period for all of us um, for a little while there but um, there was a massive swell of support at Orange Goblin famously or uh, Ben from Orange Goblin famously started that, um, that fundraiser that loads of people raised awareness for and uh, yeah we came back and we've been back ever since and it's been bloody great and we really appreciate everyone's support for that um, it's been amazing and we never, we never take it for granted either because it, it is something I don't know about you guys I do think about it when it gets to December because okay, totally. once you've been <laughs> totally, through yeah. that it's like you know it's not something you can take for granted really is it um, but yeah in terms of next year obviously we can't really be telling you what we're putting on our cover because that ruins a surprise and there's lots of other magazines and <laughs> brands out there that want to talk to the bands we talk to um, but you know there will be some new bands on covers at some point I'm absolutely sure about that um, we are doing something we've got a couple of things with uh, yeah. in terms of other countries aren't we we have got a couple of things again I don't want to ruin the surprise but uh, look out for the next two issues. They've got features from uh, for uh, what am I talking about? They've got features about bands from different countries. Yes. So one of which we're kind of covering the better part of a whole continent. I think you could. Yeah, put it that way. yeah. A group of fair? there's a group of countries in one, and then a specific yeah. country in another. Yeah. We've discovered Atlantis. Eleanor's <laughs> <laughs> well, discovered Atlantis, and it's that be our dream. And I it's teeming with metal so bands. Much. Shark warrior metal bands. Oh, <laughs> bands that play under the ocean. Yeah, no, we're not talking about underground, we're talking about underwater metal. I would be straight there, yeah. number one reporter on that scene. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff though. As you've seen, we've got the TV pilots we've been working on, so we're waiting to see um, who's going to pick that up before we move forward with the, the Metal Hammer TV show. Uh, we're working on some new events. Um, some very cool venues have been in touch with us to put on some shows that we're going to be looking into doing, uh, looking into doing um, in the coming months. Uh, we'll be taking the podcast into new places. We'll be taking the mag into new places. Um, we're planning some very cool gifts and giveaways that will be coming with future interviews of Metal Hammer as well, which is great. Uh, so yeah, it's exciting to be here, and we're always happy to be here, and we appreciate everyone's support. So yeah, I just want to say space. in that in that period over Christmas and when Team Rock went under. Um, it was like standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. Your brain like couldn't take in the support that we got. It was mm. it was actually an incredible couple of weeks. It was it was yeah. It was. It, it was I was I was just standing there, just go ah, like it, I can't tell you how much it meant and um, yeah. and how much like you know even just you know the actual emotional support sort of carried all of us through and I don't think any of us will ever forget it and we're all like marked by it completely it really yeah. did and, it, and it's something that honestly continues whenever we get messages about what Metal Hammer means to them and, and you know uh, appreciating how hard it is to put a magazine together in 2018 slash now 19 you know we do, we do have less staff members than we did we do have smaller budgets than we did magazines around the world are selling a fraction of what they did that's just the way the industry is now so when you get to meet people or, or chat to people they tell you about the stuff you've been working on that they liked and they're enthusiastic even if it's stuff they didn't like but they're enthusiastic to tell you about it because they're passionate about metal hammer it's it's amazing you know you, you can never get tired of that kind of stuff so thank you everybody um Someone else take a question. <laughs> I just got all deep and thoughtful then. Sabrina yeah, Nelson says, have you ever interviewed Galactic Cowboys or Sonata Arctica? Very uh, specific question. It is. Uh, uh, Metal Hammer has, both those bands, numerous times. I haven't. No. The weird thing about Sonata Arctica is that, um, I don't get them, but I know a lot of black metal fans who really like Sonata Arctica and I still don't understand why. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, they also, like, a lot, lot of black, there's a lot of weird bands that a lot of like, people in the black metal scene seem to really like. Muse as well too. But, um, 
Muse. Mm, interesting. I suppose experimentation. They, they do a yeah. lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, Muse are like just I, I I haven't liked really liked anything they've done for a long time now. But I do still I think with them we take Muse for granted a little bit in the sense that. People don't appreciate how nuts and out there they are by mentioning rock standards. Yeah, yeah. he's know. an amazing guitarist as well. I did see him. I did, I did get to see him live once actually at Wembley, and it was pretty spectacular. I've seen him a few times. I saw them at um, Reading years ago, and it was really good. I saw them at Gla- close out Glastonbury, and it was pretty epic, I have to say. Black Holes and Revelations is my favorite Muse album because that's that's a bit more metal in places. Mm. It's really good. So yeah, we do like Muse to answer your question, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure it's not entirely answering your question. But no, I'm never interviewed in any of those bands, though. No, just no. the same as you, like, being on magazines where we have interviewed them, but I've never personally spoken to them. Fair enough. Uh, Brendan Crabb asks, or oh, prediction time, we're going to be held accountable for this in a year. No. So answer well. Brendan Crabb says, what will be the first great metal album of 2019? Well, I mean, I, there's a couple of albums coming out, some of which I've heard, some of which I've yet to hear, but I'm sure will be amazing. Or are amazing. Are you allowed to say? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, I think it's no secret that, um, well, the Rotten Christ album's coming out, and it's massive. Mm. Um, I remember, like, when um, Theogonia came out, and I was uh, I wanted to cover I was looking for something to put on the cover of our publication, and um, it was just like, oh my God, this is, this is the first great record of that particular year. And yeah, they're, they're bringing out a new album, I just felt like my chest was going to swell and burst. Mm. Um, and this new album, it does pretty much the same. It's a similar thing. Um, uh, I, the album I'm most looking forward to is pretty predictable for me, is the Highland album. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's the most, that's the one I'm kind of most looking forward to hearing this year. You've been in the studio with them, haven't you? No, um, actually, uh, we, we have uh, Christina Benig. Oh, Christina went in. Okay, cool. Um, and what, what's my mistake? And she's actually going to the studio on... What's, what's the day? The day is Tuesday today. She's actually in the studio with them as we speak. That's amazing. Ah. Cool. Yeah. So you can read about the update on the new Highland album. If you're not aware of Highland, they are uh, a phenomenon in the, uh, in the underground at the moment. And... Um, is it an issue out now or is it an issue about to come out that we've got a big thing on their live show? About to come it, out. Oh, so yeah. Okay, so in a couple of weeks we've got a big look at their yep. live show which you really have to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, went, I went down to see him. Like, you know, who sells out um, oh, venues everywhere on their, first, on their first tour? Yeah. And it, like the level of devotion to this band. Someone described it and it's not really the case because they're very different but Vardruna on Mushrooms. Brilliant. So there's a kind of shamanic pagan thing going on, but just um, the most amazing, spectacular stage show, and it does do something to your brain. I think it is the one out now. We were flicking through it, weren't we? And there's a big picture. There is, yeah. Yeah, it is out right now. So go get it now. Now, now. It's, it's that time of year, Christmas. We are putting together about five issues at once, so it gets a bit crazy. But yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, well, I think, what's, your, what's your choice then? Do you well, I'm, I can't, I think I'm not supposed to say that I've heard it yet. So. Um, I mean, I've put some notes here. I think um, I've not heard any of these albums, but I'm gagging to hear the While She Sleeps album because I love everything they do. And the best thing about While She Sleeps is that I still don't make, think they've made their best album yet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I still think they've got more in the tank. Um, I love the single. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to hear So What. I, can't, um, I think that's, that'll be a shout. Uh, I've got Code Orange down here as well. That's, really, that's obviously going to be one everyone's very interested in after forever. Um, interested to hear if the Puppy album uh, merits the 85,000 years it feels like it's taken for them to actually get it out there. Uh, whether it would be great or not is another matter, but interesting to, to hear that, how that sounds. And I know it sounds really random, but um, I've put In Flames down here purely because um, they put out a bit of a snippet a few weeks ago of some of the stuff they've been working on, and it sounds really heavy again. And I've liked just about everything in Flames I've ever done. I think they're one of the greatest metal bands of all time. I haven't liked the last couple of albums. I've not really liked, uh, liked where they're taking their sound now. But I've got a bit of a funny feeling about it. I feel like they might be able to, they might be about to blindside people. And I've, I've generally not heard anything more than anyone else. But I still really I'm like Reed really to Remain. Oh yeah, I mean every I love it. I, th- I think they. I don't mind. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. Wrong yeah, I don't mind uh, some of their poppy stuff. Um, not the last couple of hours, but in the same way that I loved, I loved Saw Work around the time of Figure Number Five and the others did after. Yeah, exactly. They're a great band. Daniel album's really good as well. They got you know album out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, out of all the, those kind of bands, the one I genuinely truly love is Saw Work. 
Yeah. I love his voice. They have a particular like drum sound that I really love. Great, best melodies. Um, well, you should check out Verk Lighting, is it called? Yeah. You saw yeah, this one's a little bit. Yeah, I've heard it. It's, it's, it's slightly different, but I still really like it. But um, uh, yeah. That all said, anyway. Um, you know what mine's going to be. Go on then. No, you can just guess it. Your album of the year? The, well, it's the first. The question is the first great metal album of 2019. I don't know when it's coming out. Ramsey? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know when it's coming out, but if they've got those shows on New Year, I've got to think it's coming soon, and we've waited for so long. And I'm so excited to hear it. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. That's going to be a great album, though. It's been like they've been out of the game a long time, and the last song was like all right. I'm excited. Maybe it's for Alistair was all right, wasn't it? Well, I'm excited. So good. So you should be. Well, I've heard an album from a young extreme metal band that uh, I already think are brilliant, but. What I've heard of their new stuff is going to smash everyone to bits in 2019 and um, I think it's going to drop in the first half of the year and if it does, it's going to tear the face off everybody else around that time. So <laughs> that's my prediction. Hold on to your faces. Probably, can, yeah, a few people can probably guess what it is but uh, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, Elliot Lever, uh, I'll deny us the last one. I did deny. Someone else asked this one. Okay, Elliot Lever Democratic. asks, who would you like to see cover Christmas Carol? And which carol should they do? I just put Gigi Allen, God, God rest you, merry gentlemen. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I was I was on a similar track. I was I was I wanted um I wanted an hour on a track to do Silent Night. Nice, nice. Chuck Reed did a really good Silent Night on that heavy metal Christmas albums that came out. Uh, songs that came out. I don't think metal band should do a Christmas. I think the the only Christmas carol thing I I kind of like probably because um. His state at the time it was Bowie and Bing Crosby doing. Um, oh yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But was it, what was it? It was um, the, it was a little drummer boy, but there was, they did two. I actually had the seven inch of that at home. Oh, it's the only Christmas, apart from Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown by Vince Guaraldi Trio. They're the only two Christmas records I own. Well, thanks to someone in a secret Santa a couple of years ago, <laughs> I've, got, I've got a KFC vinyl set. I've got a KFC Christmas vinyl set. It's so weird. Like KFC Christmas songs. I Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> One of the weirdest things ever. What about you, Al? Anyone who want to see the Christmas carols? Well, I haven't seen this question before now, so I haven't had time to think. But what about if Ramstein... You shouldn't be thinking about this anyway, because it's what, such an obvious question. What about if Ramstein did away in a manger? You could, could in German. Till sing sweetly about the baby Jesus in German, yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that. Uh, that's it for this week thank god um, <laughs> next week we're going to do a bumper Christmas podcast we're off for the week of Christmas so we're going to do an extra long podcast to see you through those lonely couple of weeks without us uh, we're going to be doing our big review of the year we're going to be picking some of the albums through the year that we've loved some of the moments that have defined 2018 our favourite gigs and a whole lot more of that it's going to be good did you just say our big review of the year? did I? yeah I think so well it's it's good <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and review it and it can't be bothered uh, so come back for our big review of the year next week and don't forget to rate the podcast on iTunes and Acast if that's what you listen to we're also on uh, Spotify if you want to switch over to that as well and we're going to be bringing out speaking of 2019 plans we're going to be bringing out um, more platforms for the podcast to be on moving forward it's very very exciting thank you for listening we'll see you next week thank you goodbye goodbye everybody goodbye <laughs>